0: Hey, friends, and thank you for tuning in to the occlusal table where we bridge dentistry with business, culture, and current events. I'm your host, Taylor Jackson, and if you like what you hear, be sure to give us a follow on Instagram at occlusal table pod and share this episode with your friends, family, and colleagues. So, for our match day series, we'll be taking a deeper look into AEGD residencies and how to match into your top program. Let's get started.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Alexandria Cobb. I'm a recent dental school graduate and I am from Cincinnati, Ohio, and I went to the University of Kentucky for undergrad, University of Cincinnati for my Masters of Public Health, and I will be at an AEGD in Atlanta, Georgia. Dr. Smith,
2: I attended Tennessee State University for undergrad. And I, I'm also from Memphis, Tennessee, and I will be attending the AGD in Springfield, Missouri.
3: Hey, y'all! My name is Dr. Cummings. I am a recent graduate of Meharry Medical College School of Dentistry. I am also a 2016 graduate of Tuskegee University. I will be doing my AGD at Detroit Mercy.
4: What's going on, everybody? My name is Dr. Jared Graham. I am from Decatur, where it's greater. Um, I went to Tennessee State University for undergrad, and I am a recent graduate of Meharry Medical College, and I will be attending a AEGD here in Nashville, Tennessee.
0: Oh my goodness, I am so proud of you guys. And thank you so much for being on the show today. So let's go ahead and jump into some questions. So, what was your dental journey like? Um, Like getting to dental school? Like what made you interested in um, dentistry? Go ahead and share with us your dental journey.
4: So, any particular order doesn't matter. Well, I'll go ahead and pop it off. So, my dental journey was um, very different from a lot of people um it took a while for me to get where i'm at for example um i went through uh, about four application cycles took the dat 5 times uh been denied from plenty of schools uh until i even got an interview but um yeah so my journey was a little rough but you know my advice would be to stay resilient if it's something you really want then you know you keep pushing at it
1: I can jump in. I also did a non-traditional route, Um, went to undergrad, then grad school, took a year off and then worked for two years. And while I was at that job, I was miserable because it was was just like really boring. And I knew eventually I wanted to help people in some sort of way. So I did look into dentistry. I applied, took the DAT, um, got some interviews and eventually got in.
2: Um, I am a traditional student, so as soon as I graduated in 2014 from Tennessee State, I came on to Meharry. My journey coming here pretty much stemmed from curiosity in dentistry. As a child, um, I guess my dentist kind of led the way for me and, you know, told me things that I needed to do to get into dental school, and I think Being here now, I can say this is probably my
3: dream job. Uh, For me, like Jared, um, I'm sorry, Dr. Graham and Dr. Cobb, um, mine was non traditional as well. Um, I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a dentist. I absolutely love going to the dentist. Um, I did apply, like my senior year of undergrad, um, took the DAT, everything, and did not get in. Um, I took a two-year gap year worked at Delta Dental Insurance Company in Atlanta and like Alexandria absolutely did not like it um but it definitely helped with the application process and the interviewing process again in the dental school um so that was definitely a plus but I definitely applied
0: again got in everything was all good but you know
3: definitely think this is my dream career absolutely love it
0: So kind of like what everybody was saying, you know, everybody has different routes to get to dental school. We all came from different walks of life and we're all here as the blueprint, you know, moving forward into our dream career. So then let's move forward with the uh, residencies that you guys are about to enter into. Why did you choose an AEGD over a GPR or what do you think were some of the differences? Um, What was something that really stuck out to you about your program even?
4: I'll pop it off again. Um, So uh, the reason I wanted to do an AGD because I wanted to pick something that was similar to how I wanted to practice, meaning um, I didn't want to go to a residency program where I'm on call. Like It's no way I wanted to be woke up out out of my sleep at two, three in the morning to come for some type of dental emergency. I want to be in there from eight to five. And after five, I have leeway to do whatever I want. Um, And the reason I chose the AGD um, because I wanted to make sure that I was 100% completely ready. I wanted to work on my speed and really just become more comfortable, you know, not saying I'm not comfortable now, but I wanted to become even more comfortable before I'm really just out there on my own.
2: I say um, one of my main reasons was I did not want to be on call. I think that I do well with um, a set schedule and I don't think I'm too flexible like that. do not want to be under too much stress. So I want to know exactly what I'm doing that day and what time I'm doing it. Um, Also, my program director was very personable. He gave us some strengths and weaknesses about the program. And that's what really set my mind on that program.
1: And I will, I'm like trending like my other colleagues. I also did not want to be on call. Um, And I wanted to be in somewhere that would be more private practice based rather than hospital based or like, I wanted to be more clinically based so I could work on my speed, work on my skill. But mainly, I just didn't want to be on call.
3: I feel like I'm just repeating everyone to everything that everybody said because I didn't want to be on call either. I did not want to be in the hospital. Um, I did not want my weekend taken away from me. I literally wanted to have a set schedule nine to five, eight to five, whatever, what have you. Um, definitely also chose this program, Detroit Mercy, because they also have classes as well. So I kind of wanted to take some head and neck courses. I know when we took it at freshman year, but. We need a refresher. Um, just before we get get out into the real world, and of course, like building speed, building confidence. We only learned so much in the two years of being in dental school, the two clinical years in dental school. So I just wanted wanted to do a residency that's going to allow me to kind of hone in on my skills and whatnot. So.
0: All right. And uh, Dr. Cummings uh, touched on it a little bit. So what was the criteria that you guys used when choosing the schools? Was it that they had extra supplemental classes? Was it the location that mattered to you? What was it that you used to say, okay, I'm only going to apply to these schools versus applying to these schools? And then also talk about the uh, pass versus match, because some of you all went the pass direction versus some people going the match direction. Um, yeah,
3: so um, in regards to like choosing which program to, um, I guess, apply for it, um, definitely was looking for programs that were uh, based out of school. I wanted a program that had classes. I wanted a program that was really big on community service. I think us just being my like we're serving leaders like day in and day out. So I definitely wanted to be in a place where they stress the importance of community service. I also wanted to be in a place where they um, treated children. I know some AEDD programs don't, um, and I know we're talking with Taylor a lot. I was kind of back and forth between like, peeves are general, peeves are general. And just to kind of figure that out for me, I really wanted a place that also saw children. Um, Detroit Mercy does it all. As far as the pass and match, I applied to both, paid money for both. Um, I did not interview for any match programs, though. Um, actually, let me take that back. I sure did. Um, but as far as the past, I don't think it was really that much of a difference. It's just the figuring the, where you're going, like figuring it out is a little bit different. The past process is more so like you interview, they send you something in a week or so saying like, Hey, like we want you, please let us know in 48 hours versus match you like interviewing and you're just waiting till January to see if you did well or not. So
1: So for me, when choosing schools, one thing that was important to me was location. I went to, you know, go to at least a new city I've never been to, although it would be just a year. I never know if I'm going to stay in that city or like where that's going to lead me. So I wanted to go to a place that I at least wanted to go to. I didn't want to be somewhere where I knew I wouldn't be happy for at least a year. I looked at places that I knew I would get like a well-rounded Dental education, like we weren't just focusing on one procedure, but doing a plethora of procedures that I could improve on. Um, For pass and match, like Dr. Cummings said, the really the main difference is when you find out from the schools whether or not you get in. So I applied to both pass and match um, programs. That's not usually the best because in some cases you would hear you would get into a school and you have like two days to decide whether or not you'd want to go to that program, but yet you haven't heard from your other match schools because they typically, you'll hear from them a little later in the application cycle. So it eventually worked out. I did go with a match program, but that's really the difference. It's the same application process. They just had the same requirements. Um, So yeah, that's why I chose
0: what I did.
2: Pass and match, um, more so match programs, and I'd say the one thing that I was looking for was definitely not location because where I chose is so random, Um, but as during my interview, my program director mentioned all the things that they do, the well-rounded experience that we get from them. And he also mentioned that he goes to the hospital every Friday, every other Friday, and that we will be able to go do um operations with him in the or so that's kind of what sold me that way I get somewhat of a hospital experience, but it's not I'm not drowned in the hospital setting
4: All right, so I applied to both pass as well as match programs, and when applying to these programs, I wanted to find something that was heavy in cosmetics. You know, that's the field I really wanted to go into. But then also I had to keep in mind location because I have an eight-year-old daughter who lives in Atlanta. So I didn't want anything too far from her. So I applied to a few programs. And one of the programs I applied to because of location was here in Nashville at Matthew Walker through the University of Tennessee. And um, they gave me an interview and they're also through pass. Um, after the interview, they sent me an offer. So with, the, with this offer, I had a week to let them know if I wanted to accept it or not. So in that meantime, I also had an interview um, with this big time cosmetic dentist Um, and I really wanted that job. Um, So, you know, I hit him up and I basically was like, you know, Hey, I have an offer on the table, but I would rather come work for you. And he essentially told me, you know, I think um, a residency program would be good for you. So pretty much I didn't get the job. So here I am now, I have this offer where it's not too far from my little girl. Um, I don't have anything else on the table. So um, I said, you know what? I'm already living in Nashville. I'm comfortable with the area. I can do one more year here. So I went ahead and accepted the position here. And the only thing with uh, what makes what makes pass and match, you know, a little difficult, as soon as I accepted the offer from Matthew Walker, Matthew Walker, I say maybe like a week and a half later, I got another interview from uh, Tufts and they were uh, they're really big on cosmetics up there. They have a very good price program. But, you know, I pride myself on being a man of my word. So I already signed the contract. So I went ahead and turned them down. And uh, I just kept rolling with Matthew Walker.
0: All right. So we talked about the criteria that you chose for, you know, choosing the different programs that you applied to. But what about your CV? What was on it that you think stood out? What do you think is something that programs are really looking for in your CV? Was it leadership? Was it community service? What do you think is something or any type of tips? That you'd get to someone preparing their cv for uh, an aegd program
1: i can start off so one thing about your cv is don't lie but if you are gonna lie stick to it i had one interview they would pick random things off my interview and ask me what was this like what did you do various things so be honest that would be my advice things agds were looking for leadership a lot of them asked me about being the vice president of the class. They loved asking me about. I don't know, it's just like okay, but so leadership. They loved leadership. They didn't really harp that much on community service. Maybe like my big community service, like being on the logistics committee for Oral Health Day at Meharry. Um, that was pretty much any dental-based leadership skills. They really love to ask me personally questions about and like how that affected my time in dental school, what I learned from it, what what did my job entail. So I would say leadership and again, be honest on your CV. It
2: yeah, really stood out to um, the program that I am at now. Um, I in my extracurriculars, I stated that I do intramural softball for my hair with my class. So my program director asked me about it and he said, you know what, Kanisha, we need somebody on our softball team. So I think you would be a great fit. (laughs) And I also did mention high yoga. and He was so enthused. I used to love doing high yoga every week or so. He was so enthused by those extracurriculars. So I think adding fun things that you do in your spare time definitely will help in the process.
3: For me, I would say, uh, well, for my CV, you know, extracurriculars, your community service, your leadership stuff, um, I think they just want to make sure that you're a well-rounded candidate. Um, In terms of my interview, I know actually also sometimes people are big on research as well. Um, My first interview with um, um, Houston, they actually asked me about my research Uh, My hookah study research that we are doing, you know, me, you, and Jared. Um, So they actually asked me about that. And I was like, okay, you know, I could talk about it, you know, say a little something. Um, And I think they did ask a little bit of questions, some questions in um, regards to community service. But I know Detroit Mercy was more so. Uh, community service-based, they didn't ask me anything about research. So, I would just say, like, if you're applying to a school or thinking about a school that is, you know, kind of research heavy, like, make sure you have something research-based on your on your CV and can talk about it.
4: But one advice I could definitely give you, and that would help a lot, um, as you go through your dental school career, you make sure anything you go to in terms of community service, go ahead and put the date, and make like a little note in your phone, put the date in it and put the event down so you can have some type of regulation of. It because when it comes to do your CV, you're going to be scrambling, like, man, what community service did I do? Or uh, what did when did I do this? You know what I'm saying? So it's best to um kind of have like a, a track of what you've been going through. So you don't have to scramble and then try to have a try to look at somebody else's uh CV. Um uh, so yeah, definitely try to keep up with that. And then also, you know, if you could. You can update your CV as you go through dental school. That would be the, the smart thing to do, which, and t- of course, I didn't do that. I waited to the last minute before applications were due or whatever. And I tried to scramble and made mine from that. So.
2: so one tip I have is make sure you have somebody like faculty in your school or somebody that's trustworthy, that knows how to write CVs and resumes. Have them look over that CV. And have them um, tell you some things you could do better or maybe take this off and try not to keep your try to keep your cv too long but straight to the point point in everything that you list on there
1: you two people look at it if possible and i'm gonna peg you back off of dr graham i started my cv my second year of dental school So literally, if we had to do extra credit for a class that you had to donate a toy, I write that down. Um, I went through my past emails because we have a specific person who emails us. So I went through all my emails, correspondence with her, wrote them down, just had a Word document on my computer. Maybe every few months, I would just update it, put everything I put down. So when it was time for or application, I wasn't scrambling as much because I I didn't have to go back all the way to D1, D2 year because I sort of started that list early, but just keep it updated and do as much as you can.
0: So moving forward with personal statements, in the application um what was your story do you think that centering it around being a part of general dentistry or being a part of cosmetic dentistry like what uh dr graham was saying what do you think is something that stood out in your personal statement or how did you come together and form your personal statement um or what tips would you give to those that are trying to construct theirs now
4: so when writing my personal statement um I kind of uh, grabbed the one I used from uh, when applying to dental school and kind of tweaked it a whole bunch and kind of catered it towards an AGD slash cosmetics. But the best advice I could give is to make sure somebody reads it over because um, that person for me was our very own Taylor Jackson. She took my flipped it, switched it, dunked it, whatever, and made it to where it was presentable and um, good for an AGD. And she's very good at stuff like that. But um, Find you somebody who's good with personal statements, have them tweak it, you know, because without her, I would not be where I'm at. Most definitely because my personal statement was trash before her. So if you really she's the one that needs to be given advice on personal statements during this segment.
0: Thank you, Jared. <laughs> so
1: my advice for personal statement, like Jared said, I use part of my dental school entry. Um, personal statement for my residency personal statement. But for mine, I went to focus on three things. So it was leadership, community service, and teamwork. So that sort of dealt with like clinical stuff. And I sort of had those like three examples and just showed how I executed those bullet points and then like essentially how those are important to uh, residency and whatnot. I tailored mine towards general dentistry. Um, have people look over it I just had my parents look over it but if you don't have anyone one thing I would suggest is like there's a website online where like it will read you whatever you type in out loud and so that way you can catch a lot of errors or if you're like just running on about certain topics so if you like physically hear your statement back you'll be able to catch a lot of things and I also use Grammarly the free kind I wasn't willing to pay for the other one. So that caught a lot of stuff. That's just in case you can use that in addition to have someone looking over it.
0: To keep on moving along with the application. So you have your CV, you have your personal statement, you have your list of schools. So then when talking with your um, um, mentors or any type of professors, when it comes down to requesting for a letter of recommendation, um, who did you Uh, go to? Was it someone who you've worked with? Was it someone that was uh, a teacher specifically or someone in administration or someone who you've shadowed with? Any tips for getting your letters of recommendation in the timeline of it?
1: My tip is to ask early. I had several people tell me no, which is so unfortunate for them. Um, So yeah, ask early. And like remind people, okay, you said you're gonna write this. Like the application opens in May. I'm gonna send you the link and let that person know the link has been sent. And like if they hadn't get your letter by like July, call them, email them, find them, say, I'm waiting for my letter. They should know what's up, but obviously they don't
0: because people will say no.
4: definitely start early. Um, again, I'm more of a last minute type of guy. So now I'm struggling trying to find teachers to write letters, but I did come across, um, some good ones that were able to, you know, turn it around pretty quickly. Um, but when picking up uh, people to write letters, I tried to, uh, pick people that has some, a little pool or people that, you know, has some, some rank to them. So, you know, I reached out to the lady that's over restorative but also with her, she's one of the ones where she's so busy. It's a lot on her plate. I actually never got one from her, but I had some from people that I've already um, asked previously before her people that I'm close with. Um, so, yeah, but definitely the, the main thing is starting early. Cause you have, you have to realize you have a whole class of people who are pretty much asking the same professors for letters of recommendation. So you don't want to be at the end. Um, you definitely want to catch it up front and, you know, try to get those letters out the way early and it will save you a a lot less stress that you're going to experience down the road.
3: I'd piggyback off of uh, what Dr. Cobb and Dr. Graham said, you know, start early, ask early. Some people tell me now as well. Um, You also want to ask people that you actually have a relationship with. If you can, like you want to start building those relationships so they don't write you just a generic type of letter. also, I would um, ask people that are like the chair of the department as well. Like Jared said, like they may have a little pool. It may have a little rank, you know, some places. So, you know, just ask early, stay up on them, you know, keep asking for them to submit it. And when you are ready, like make sure you have your CV and personal statement ready. So they know who you are, what's right for you um, and whatnot. I would
2: say um, find somebody that can vouch for you both didactically and clinically. So someone you've worked with in the clinic for quite a few times, they can definitely say that you've done well on procedures and you know what you're doing in clinic. Also, I would um, have backups just in case you do have no, always have a backup plan. And of course, do it early because I was also one of the people that um, kind of waiting late and then I also had had a note, but I did not have a backup plan. So I was scrambling trying to find somebody to write a letter, which thankfully somebody did get one in quite a few days for me. Um, but not everyone will be lucky enough to get someone who's willing to do something so fast or get a quick turnaround.
0: So then moving on to the interviews. what were the interviews like when you guys? Stepped in there? Were they virtual? Were they in person? Uh, what kind of like crazy questions did you guys get? Um, what was your interview experience like?
4: So, mine was. Uh, well, I'm sorry, my mom killed me. She heard me saying mine's. My, uh, my interview um, was virtual, um, and with me, I'm a. I feel like I can talk to anybody, so I always tell myself if I get an interview, then I'll be good. And then I had a a panel full of women. So, you know, me, you know, Jay Smooth here, I can sweet talk anybody. So, you know, Miles was more of a conversation. You know, I cracked a few jokes, but I also had the upper hand because I would say maybe a week before my interview, I had a classmate who had a interview at this same place. And so they told me all the questions. So when it was time for my interview, you know, I was 100 percent completely prepared, and I killed it. That was probably the best interview I ever did in my life because I already had the answers memorized in my head. I practiced what I was going to say in the mirror, how I looked when I said it. I even had my jokes ready. So, you know, this was probably the best interview I ever had, and it made sense because as soon as my interview was over, I got an offer from them in my email probably within five minutes. Definitely talk. If you can. If you got classmates that applied at that program, definitely talk to them because they, they can give you the key to getting into these residency programs?
2: I only had one interview that was in person, the rest were virtual. As far as during the interviews, one of the questions I was asked, and I I remember this till this day, they said, teach me something that's not demo related. And the first thing that came to mind because it was around Thanksgiving, we would my sister and I were gonna have a potluck with some friends and I was making candy yams. Yeah. So I taught them
1: how to make candy yams and after that they were just they were just so enthused and they loved it. <laughs> My interviews were um, 100% virtual. Um I tried to just be myself during the interviews. I said if one thing I'll look good in these interviews, buy yourself um a ring light that's if they're virtual. That's very important. Set up your like have your station set up. Make sure your lighting looks good cuz in some of the interviews I was like these people look crusty and I was like I look clear. I was like, (laughs) I look great. But that didn't help me though. But still, it's like, if you look good, you do good and you feel good. So that's my big team. Like look the part, look like you're prepared, look like you didn't just like set up your phone just against the wall and you're just like, it's looking at the ceiling and they can't see your face. But for mine, like I just prepared, I had certain things like that I figured they would ask me I would have those sort of like planned. And for me, honestly, I had my notes app open. So just in case I did stumble, I could like scroll and sort of see where my talking point was. I try to be honest. Uh, My weirdest question I had was someone asked me like, who's your favorite villain? And I, I couldn't think of anything. I said a James Bond villain because they explained their plan before. I don't know. And so I was just like, Like literally, the interview was going so well, and that was the last question. I was like, "Okay, but yeah, get a ring light, make sure you have great Wi-Fi, great camera. You look good."
4: You should have said Cersei or Cersei from Game of Thrones.
1: But she's not my favorite. (laughs) What? You didn't like her? No.
4: (laughs) You can. You got to admit she was pretty bad. Like I was about to say bad A, but. She was she was a bossed up villain though, man. You had you had to like. her. I, like I mean,
0: he didn't like her, but yeah, she like, let her kids die.
1: Yeah.
4: No, didn't want her kids to die. Like she she didn't want none of her kids to die. They just happened to die. But oh, again, all, right, all right, they
0: let's just had. Okay, all right. I'm gonna let you we'll rewatch uh, uh, those seasons, Jared, because uh-uh.
4: <laughs> oh, see, hold on, hold on, hold on. She did not want, like, for example, the girl. Uh She wanted to save her. That's why she sent her brother uh, over there to get her. Joffrey, he was poisoned, and the and Thomas, he jumped out the window.
0: Yeah, but no, not my favorite. She was literally in love favorite. with her twin
1: brother. That's yeah, disgusting.
0: that is right. I don't think you can get over that. Like there's, you can't. overlook was overlooking the incest. <laughs> <laughs> right, you gotta gotta pick another one. Go back to the drawing board with that one, Jared. <laughs> Those sound like some, um, some, uh, pedo program questions that teach me something non-dental related in five minutes and what's your favorite villain and things like that. Those are like pediatric questions. So those are nice. So what about like, how many residents do you guys like co-residents do you guys have? Is it a small number? Was that important to you?
4: Uh, so with my program, it is six of us total, um, three guys and three girls. So we split right down the middle. um, in terms of numbers, I mean, it didn't really matter to me. Honestly, as long as I, I got what I needed from the program, I will get what I need from the program. That's the most important thing to me.
2: it also did not matter to me. Um, there are three of us, two girls and one guy. As of now, I just found out I have, the guy was just added on yesterday. So there were originally two of us and there are possibly be four in all. Um, I also just wanted to make sure I get what I wanted out of the program. And even with a small number, you know that you will more than likely get one-on-one training and experience with the clinic.
1: With my program, it's just two of us. I think the other one's a girl. I'm not for sure. Um, And it didn't matter to me the size of the residency pool. But I did want, but I know with two, I should be able to get like, first of all, get Great overall experience. We'll have issues with patients and access, and I know I'll probably get like one-on-one training with the clinic director and the specialists that come in.
3: Um, for us, it's six of us. It's actually um, a second year and then five first years. I think it's four girls and one guy. Um, but I kind of wanted a residency that had um, a small like number for their um, resident. I kind of didn't want to just. Be feeling like I'm kind of out here by myself, or doing you know how we say private practice dentistry, you know, in clinic too. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that I had somebody there if I need it, you know, to kind of help me, and I just kind of wanted that small number.
0: So then, any um advice that you'd give to someone that's applying uh, to be in your shoes one day? My
1: advice would be to research the programs, like. Thoroughly, like if you can find a resident or someone, a previous alumni that went to your school, reach out to them. Because I was in um, a few interviews, like I found out like they don't get paid or they get paid very little. And like there's a lot of issues with the current residency, like the program in general, because I've been in interviews where like the moment I log on, I said, why am I here? Um, So definitely adequately research. The program as best as you can because a lot of this you know is hearsay just whatever you can find you know and the interviews are going to tell you all the great stuff but so like in a few months I'll be able to know like like how the program really goes so like based off what I know and talking to current residents you know I've heard good things but you know I won't know until I actually experience it for myself.
3: Um. So the advice that I would give um, is for anybody is to honestly just stay the course. Like No matter how it looks, no matter what you're feeling, stay the course. Um, our journeys to dental school, all different, but we still got here. Um, our journeys through even this application process, all different, but we're still going where we plan to go. Um, I would definitely say step out on faith. University of Detroit Mercy was not my first pick in the beginning. Um, But as I started to kind of think through some things, attend some of their like open houses and stuff, I realized that like this was the place for me, especially because it's home as well. So um, yeah, just stay the course, just keep the faith.
4: And what's for you will always be for you, for sure. So yeah, that's my advice. I'd
2: say if you can... Um, go visit the program sites if it's not in the city you're in, because I was kind of taken aback. Of course, I knew Springfield was not a big city, but when I got there, I said, no, I don't know if I can do this for a year. There's nothing there, literally nothing there. So what am I going to do in my free time? I don't know. We'll play softball, find something to do. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, if you can, like they said before, reach out to a current resident or somebody that you know has been there. If you're lucky, the program director will have them reach out to you during the process and ask the good, the good questions, the bad questions, what they like about the program, what they do not like about the program, because it could just so happen that you might not like that about the program. So that could kind of bring it down on your ranking list. Um, I did have one program
0: during one of
2: the information sessions everybody was asking, oh, I heard the program was unorganized. And to hear that from so many people that have not been in the program kind of made me see, oh, this program is not for me because I do not want to be in a program that I can't benefit from or that doesn't know what they're doing. So make sure you ask those questions because they are very important.
4: And thanks to Coach Graham, I expect great news from you in terms of uh, this softball team. Um, I need MVP numbers from you. Dr. Smith, do not disappoint me and do not make me look bad, okay? You are, a, rep- you are a representation <laughs> of me in me my coaching, so I expect good things. I'll
0: try. Well, well, we went out as champions, so, hey, I'm with it.
4: <laughs> champions, baby. Champions there we the go. World.
0: <laughs> All right, but thank you so much for that advice. So um basically, you know, what's for you is for you and to make sure that uh, you visit the program because your interpretation of it um, is com- may be completely different than what uh, residents may be putting out there because just like what Dr. Cobb was saying, you know, they're meant to just say some of the good things about the program. Um, and we have to make sure we interview the school just as much as they are interviewing us. So closing remarks from my classmates, my good friends, uh, where can people find you? Instagram, email, uh, how can people contact you, um, if they have more questions?
4: So, you know, I'm always willing to lend a helping hand or listening ear. You can find me at Jared Graham, DDS at gmail.com. Ooh, notice the email, huh? Or you can find me on Instagram, uh, Jared Graham. Um, It'll probably be changing soon, but you can find my hashtag, smilesbydrgram. Um, so you'll be seeing a lot from me. I plan on being everywhere, my face everywhere with all types of veneer cases and implants. So, hey, you're going to see a lot from your boy.
0: I see it for you, Jared. I really do. I know I, I, I see it for you. You all can reach
2: out to me. Um, email is Kanisha Smith the number two at gmail.com or Instagram, Kanisha Smith underscore.
1: You all can find me at Alexandria underscore Cobb on Instagram. I'm not as inept with my marketing skills as Jared is. So just Instagram.
3: Y'all can reach out to me. Um, email is cummings.jonna at gmail.com. I G is Jonna Amina underscore. Thank you. And
4: how do you spell Jana? You know that's not the most common name. No shade. Oh it,
3: no, it's, it's it's all right. Um Jonna, J-A-N-N-A-H Amina A-M-I-N-A-H Coming C-U-M-M-I-N-G.
4: Thank you for the full government. You mind saying you're social as well? Nah, no, just by <laughs>
0: Y'all are so funny. (laughs) All right. Well, that is all the time that we have for today. So just remember to stay flossing and keep flossing. And we'll see you in the next episode. Bye, guys.